0: Hi everyone. Welcome to our podcast. In our first season of Mending Minds, we are going to explore how cultures view mental health. We are a podcast where we talk with students and professionals to unveil the truth behind mental health, finding coping strategies, and empower teenagers. Today we will be talking about how mental health is viewed in the Arab culture. I am your host, Sarah Mugni, and I have lived pretty much my entire life in Dearborn, Michigan, a concentrated Arab community. And I'm here with my special guest, Zayd. Zayd, oh, tell um, us a bit about yourself.
1: Um, Hi, I'm Zayd Omari. I'm a junior, attending Fortin High School and DCMST. I've been living uh, in this community, and I've been Arab my entire life, I guess, but yeah, I've been in this specific community with high concentrations of Arabs, and uh, specifically Muslim Arabs, uh, for about nine years, since 2011. And uh, I've had my fair share of, you know, uh, incidents and occurrences and, you know, I'm here with Sarah Mooney today to talk about some of them.
0: So, I mean, for those of you who aren't familiar with the Arab culture, um, Arabs come from the Middle East. Not all Middle Easterns are Arab. Some of us are Muslim, some of us are Christian as well. Um, But within the Arab culture, I mean, I'm Lebanese, Zid, you're Jordanian. Mm-hmm. we still share many values that are similar other than just food there are some definitely, family values definitely. that are shared as well
1: mm-hmm. and uh, religion ties us back a lot and and some of this uh some of this like ideologies may stem from religion and some of it is purely traditional and can sometimes even be hypocritical of you know the, the peaceful religion that we preach you know
0: um I really just want to start off with being a daughter in an Arab family and being the youngest, I have my own responsibilities. But another thing is I do kind of have footsteps to, to walk into and footsteps to fill and in a sense overfill. Because my siblings before me, my oldest brother is a pharmacist and my older sister is a doctor is a medical doctor and she's actually undergoing her residency right now so it's the there's so much pressure on me to be as successful and in, in a way top my siblings and Zayn, I understand that you're all you have younger siblings
1: and yeah you I do have, have younger siblings brothers. um I'm, I'm set uh sometimes as an idol you know like watch out you know your brother you, you know is watching you do you know something that makes your family problems always like that and like for example today right um my dad was like I was talking to your grandmother um she was telling me about you know how you're going to be a doctor she's so proud of you and all that and it's just like you know you have a very interconnected uh family here in nearby everyone like knows even within your family I mean extended family they know so much about you so much and uh, it does put pressure on you sometimes definitely definitely
0: i feel like there's a lot of comparisons that are made to your cousins especially if you have a cousins your age i have two cousins that are in my grade one goes to high school with use aid and then another one is actually in my high school so like i have pretty much the same teachers as him so mm-hmm. there's a lot of comparison in our family of who's getting the best score on what test or who's going to get like the like a recognition or get accepted into a program or a club, there's so much competition and comparison that it becomes so, like, you have so much pressure on you.
1: And it goes beyond school too, you know, it goes into clubs, the extracurriculars. Um, uh, yeah, there's, there's many things to count, count in.
0: Um, another thing that is that my parents being immigrants and me being first generation in the country, Yes, my parents, my dad came here at a young age and he worked for to where he is now. He's currently an elementary school principal with a doctorate, but his value for education and success, it's it's very, very great. And I do feel that too, and that is embedded in me in the sense of community as well, but it does get overwhelming at one point.
1: Mm-hmm. Great. Well, my parents, um... My mom attended uni, you know, back in Jordan, and my dad, uh, he's been here for maybe thirty years. He, um, he has his own uh, small trucking company. He worked really hard to get, to, you know, started off as a cashier, at like um, at a gas station. You know where he is now, he has a small, comfortable, small company, comfortable. He works his hours. He's very comfortable now in his life, and they always have, they have a very strong will towards working, right? and as soon as you know they they see that and even when their children aren't specifically lacking but if they feel like they are lacking or if they feel their children could be doing more they they do definitely have that you know i worked hard to get here why don't you so partly there is you know uh some sense to what they're saying but there could be a better approach that's that's what i believe there can definitely be a better approach to it
0: and that takes me to my next point zade thank you for bringing that up yeah, I really, I mean, this happened to me yesterday at my own conferences. I have a B minus in physics, which happened due to the fact that I haven't really been attaining to my, to, like where I'm supposed to be, but I'm still working for it. It's just that to my parents, th- I'm a straight A student and to defer from that image for even a moment. That, auto, that automatically destroys my reputation of being a straight A student and that does bring them to that to the point and they're thinking that whatever I do also represents them and really in the Arab culture. Um, whatever one child does it or whatever one person in the family does, it creates an image for the entire family. It creates a reputation yes, for the entire family.
1: Definitely, the communal reputation here is massive. You know, it's, it's unrivaled, honestly, I think, compared to other places. Your, um, your family is interconnected with the community, right? Which in turn puts pressure on you to represent your family, right? And so for as much good things as you do, one bad thing could really, you know, derail all the good things yes. that you've done, you know? It's um, it's an Arabic idiom that says um, you know, the fault of a smart child, this fault of a smart person, are that of a thousand. Or like, it's just it goes as far to show how much um mistakes are emphasized in um, in the you know the one, one,
0: one wrong step and then it's all over. Really, yes, definitely, it's as if you're playing Jenga and you're taking the wrong block out and like everything falls. Yes, definitely. that's how yeah, it man. is Good with the Arab family it completely 100 percent is and that's why you're afraid to sometimes go to your parents and tell them about your issues tell them about your personal problems tell them about your struggles because to them you're just a completely fine child and mm-hmm. you have so much pressure on you to keep this image that you are x y and z mm-hmm. that you cannot defer from this image you cannot like you can't fray away from it for any moment in time because you are this image and you are stuck to this image for the rest of your life.
1: Right, right. It's like uh, you're predetermined for this. You, you're predetermined for this yeah. role. You, yeah. um and you can never change who you are.
0: Yeah, and that takes me to my next point is approaching parents about mental health in the Arab community. Some of us are lucky where our parents actually look past the stigma of mental health
1: right right The stigma is great crazy honestly in this in this uh in in the you know between arabs in general and it translates to this every community here as it you know doesn't stray far from arabs overseas or anything like that uh it's kind of disgraceful to, to you know to have a mental issue to uh have a behavioral disorder anything like that would come off as uh disgraceful it's not it wouldn't come off they they don't view it from a medical standpoint they view it as you did something that you know proposed that it's, you're you're, yeah. you're in the wrong here yeah. you can't really blame your your genetics or you can't blame your um uh you know whatever happens to you what trauma medical situations happen to you all that you can't it's it's like the blame is on you automatically and, and that brings you know the yeah. the reputation down that, that yeah. we've talked about before yeah. the the disgrace that you would be to your family should you be sorry you can go ahead Sarah
0: oh no 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 I I it's my fault for yeah. interrupting no, it's okay. I think that many people in the Arab community they really they don't understand what mental illness is that it's not something that can be seen it's something that you feel and mm-hmm. I think that they connect mental illness with all those like psychotics that you see in the movies and the media isn't displaying what mental illness truly is mm-hmm. because if i were to tell you i was depressed or if i was anxious you can't you can't see that because you don't know how i'm feeling definitely I, yeah i can i can hide how i'm feeling
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's really easy to bottle those things up and i mean just to come out and say oh i'm I don't think i'm all there or i don't think that what i'm feeling is supposed to be a normal feeling you're told you're literally getting watered down on your emotions like if you were to tell your parents that you were depressed no you're just sad you're going to get over it yeah snap out
1: of it you know yeah
0: yeah and when those sad days just roll over into the next and into the next and you don't know what's making you sad You, just smile be happy how is it yeah. that we're supposed to live being told how to control how we're feeling when you can't even control it ourselves
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's definitely and then this this misunderstanding this uh this you know wrong uh very very wrong treatment to to these problems because they are honestly they are issues and problems uh this the reason is it goes back to ignorance and a lack of awareness in these situations.
0: And I believe that the that there is such a stigma. And because if you're mentally ill, you're suddenly crazy. You have a rational thinking. You're going to murder somebody. You're a bad person all of a sudden. But really
1: I'm Right. And Ill- you're always in control of it. Um, you know, going to going beyond and going to get help, you know, that's, that's extra. That's, that's fake. That's not real. You know, you, you just snap out of it, you know, wash your face, get a good night's sleep tomorrow. You're going to be all fine. Like, it's just going to disappear. They don't understand that it's, uh, it's, it's, it's more, it's more, it's not definitely, it's not physical. It is mental. I mean, it's a mental disorder, but it's, it, it is there. It is there more than, more than, you know, a broken leg would be. It's definitely there, you know?
0: Yeah, it's always going to be lingering. And I mean, that brings me to connect to that. And I just want to say, like, I had a really, somebody in our village in Lebanon that lives here in Dearborn, Michigan a few years ago, he, he took his own life. Mm-hmm. And that was because his emotions and his feelings overcame him. And he had nobody to go to. So he took yeah. his own life in front of his own family that was sitting there at a bonfire. And, and you see,
1: that is so ironic. Ironic. You just said he had nobody to go to, and yet he killed himself in front of his whole family. You know, an outside person would say, well, he had a family. Not not really. Not really. Not, not as... Yeah. Probably not a supportive one, you know?
0: Probably not a supportive one. And, I mean... And the shame that when somebody does take their life by suicide religion aside religion aside that it maybe religion really condemns not. that you know yeah uh,
1: but um and so that's part of it that's part of why the older generation would be so inclined to to uh to have this outward hate and 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 negative stigma towards towards the mental illnesses because um you know religion condemns suicide not not that it condemns disorders or mental mental illnesses but it does can them you know some some side effects of those and automatically you know an older generation parent could could link those two it is it is you know due to ignorance and lack of awareness and they would immediately be disgraced and if someone were to take their life that reputation that we spoke of is gone you know
0: yeah and that that's what i want to talk about i remember my parents telling me that the 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 boy who took his life, he was around 17, 18. He was about to graduate high school actually later that year. He was a senior in high school. And when he took his own life, people didn't go to his funeral for him. Mm -hmm. They went to his family, for his family, for his parents. They -hmm. went there for him. And at that point you could see the separation with how his family kind of disowned him he was kind of an outlier although yes it is family yes there is unity there is community Mm -hmm. it's that he wasn't really part of that it was just a biological bond not a bond of love and emotion and feeling
1: yes yes definitely uh the the lack of communication between uh, arabic children and their parents is, is is very elevated sometimes and um it's a combination of many things not just the lack of communication but uh taking it one step at a time and it, as a probable solution you know communication would be a big one it'd be massive uh towards towards uh helping pe- you know children move over you know um not move over but step over this barrier of not being able to communicate their problems which which could lead to other problems such and, as the child you spoke.
0: yeah and I completely 100% agree with you, Zaid, because I think that this lack of communication is—even if you don't take your own life, you're not living your own life anymore. You're living a life of an imposter. You're living a life of somebody, of somebody else who your parents create, like an image your parents created, not who you are. You can't grow into your own person and you feel so restricted because you have so many lingering thoughts in the back of your head. Like, what will my parents think? That's the first question you ask every single time you make a decision. That's the one determining factor to every decision you make.
1: And what would my community think of me? You know, yeah. like, um, one of the, one of my friends, um, well, she's more of a family friend, you know, and, uh, she, she got divorced recently, right? And she was trying, uh, after being separated for about a year or two years, just trying to get back into a relationship. And, you know, the thought of the thought of like getting back into a relationship, she'd always think, you know, oh would my mom think now that, you know, I'm getting back into a relationship? What oh, would my community think, you know, it's, it's very, it's more interconnected than you could feel like. They're really into your privacy, into your business at times.
0: and even in the Arab household there is a double standard for sons and daughters I a lot of kids our age I'm a junior in high school and so is Zaid a lot -hmm. of kids our age are starting to think about college and where they're going to apply they're starting to work on SAT scores but another stress for them is especially some of the girls um it's
1: choice of college they make
0: yeah it's which college am I going to apply to because they're being so restricted their parents sometimes won't even let them live off like out of the house live on campus or in a dorm or something
1: right definitely uh out of state is not an option for so many people I know and uh even if you get like say a good scholarship at a college you know two hours away it's like two hours away so you're going to be living in a dorm there I don't think so you know there uh It comes from being a slightly protective but it is unnecessary at times. I, I do see that it's unnecessary and it comes at a double standard. The boys I think, you know,
0: I don't yeah. think I'd be as much dis- dis-
1: restricted in that sense.
0: And I just began having the talk about colleges with my parents and one of my colleges of interest is University of Chicago which is about seven hours away yeah. and um, my my mom isn't so okay with it just because I'll be a girl living on my own if I do get accepted. Right. And what I brought up was the fact that my brother lived out of state. He lived in Ohio three hours away, three and a half hours away, actually, up until a few years ago. So then he could complete his doctorate in pharmacy. And the reasoning for why that's different is because he's a man. And I'm just i I'm a little girl. <laughs> Yet I want to be able to view the world, see, do what I need to do, live independently, get to grow and nurture myself to be a person that mm-hmm. I want to be.
1: Right. It is very suppressive of, you know, going and uh, meeting your own experiences and challenges as, in life and, and growing as a person, see them.
0: Yeah. And I believe I had this conversation with my AP Govs teacher that it is very common for some girls, for their parents to not let them live out of the house when they go to college and to live in the house actually until they get married.
1: Right, right, right. Many people, um, many girls are from their father's house to their husband's house. (laughs) And that's really it. That's really it. Uh, They have no sense of independence they, they have no their life they have uh under the roof of their father and then under the roof of their husband and then you know the rest of the life for their children until until they're gone
0: yeah and i think so. that's very patriarchal as well because
1: yeah.
0: it's like the woman is supposed to be at home all the time they're mm-hmm. not supposed to go out become independent and they're supposed to be dependent on a man their entire life. And I'm in no way criticizing people's beliefs, but I feel like there's a status quo that we all have to follow as right. Arabs.
1: I agree, and I completely is, agree. I'm
0: uh, in in every other culture.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, uh, many first world countries have only you know, started moving towards men's women rights not even a century ago right and so
0: yeah
1: uh it takes time for for communities to catch up and you know us coming from a third world country it's going to take even a little bit more time for and, for us to to advance in thought and in culture
0: and plus having to not a be very so conservative having a very conservative culture also plays a factor
1: yeah yeah it's being tied back to religion you know religion being thousands of years old that that that's all a determining factor in in how fast you can progress how fast you can get over it and um some families will definitely hold on to to those old practices and old traditions much more you know and this all ties back to uh, mental illnesses and disorders because it's uh it's the effect it's the effect of the community it's the uh, the small transition, the acceptance, it's all, it's all interconnected.
0: And Zaid, I'm not sure if you know this, but as somebody who's had previous generation, my parents, my my dad actually grow yeah. up in Dearborn as a teen. He came here when he was, I believe, 13, 14 years old. And he came when Dearborn was only a it was a European, it was prim, predominantly a European Polish community. And right. this was as for, f- the Ford plant and like Chevrolet, like they all needed workers to work in their car companies as, and Zaid, even Fortson, where you go for mm. high school, which yeah. is predominantly a minority school. Was, yeah, Correct. Yeah, it was, it had a lot of Caucasians and people of European descent that were populating it, and right. it's so crazy how fast an area changes. And with an area changing demographically, that also it comes with a change of culture, a change of ideas, change of beliefs.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, definitely. Ah, uh, Dearborn has grown, like you know, to be um, especially East Dearborn. I believe East Dearborn even more. Yes. Uh, it's grown to to be very inclusive uh, so much in the past 20 years, even 20 years. And just to say what you say, like about 50 years ago, yeah. it's nothing of the sort.
0: Yeah. And so
1: that is crazy, crazy, honestly.
0: But in all reality, speaking of these changes, I think we can also, with proper advocation, we can also change a culture that is so conservative into being a little more accepting of things that are considered a cultural taboo. And hopefully one day, kids can be able to open up to their parents and communicate with them about their problems and how they're feeling. And that is all for today. Thank you Zaid for your time and your expertise. Um, Thanks for joining us today at Smile Today. If you like what you hear, make sure to follow us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Anchor. Please remember that this isn't a professional advice. And if you seek further help, please make sure to consult a professional. This is your host, Sarah, and her very special guest, Zaid, wishing you all a wonderful day. Tune in again next so you can remember to smile today.